1: And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.
0: My friends, I am Vivian McPeak, and this is Hempresent. If you have feedback or would like to suggest a guest or topic for Hemp present, email me at Hempresent at gmail. Quante Bosco Adams spent 16 years in prison due to the United States government's war on drugs. Growing up a product of his environment in Compton, California, the influence of his family, friends, and neighborhood led him to an early life of drug dealing, arrests, and convictions. But all that's now behind him freed from incarceration. He is on a mission to make sure that others growing up in underprivileged neighborhoods have access to better opportunities than he did. And he is committed to helping free individuals incarcerated for nonviolent drug offenses. I am honored to have him on my show today. Uh, Welcome Bosco to Cannabis Radio. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Man, your story is one of resilience and redemption. You were sentenced to 35 years in prison over cannabis. In prison, you wrote a book, you pulled off a daring escape, now you've rebuilt your life and you're helping others to avoid some of the bad choices that you made early on. Before we get into all of that, can you describe your upbringing and early influences? What was it like for you growing up in Compton, California?
1: It was misfortunate circumstances. Um, community that was plagued with uh, gang violence, drug abuse, poverty, so naturally I became a product of that environment. You can only be as far as you can dream or envision. And growing up in Compton, I didn't see much. Uh, the greatest I saw was drug dealer. That was the best version of a person that I saw growing up in in South LA so that type of environment it does something to you as a kid it it limits your ability to envision and dream for greater things
0: yeah I mean you know all you can be is is all you know is your environment and the role models around you right
1: yeah if you take a child and you place them in the jungle around animals uh, yeah. they'll start acting just like the animals they see
0: you served 16 years of a 35 year sentence for what you call an attempt to possess cannabis. Uh, what were you actually convicted of? How did all, all that go, all, How did that all go down? Were you really just helping someone start a van loaded with weed
1: that you didn't even know was in there? Nah, I don't know where that article came from right there. Oh, Somebody, okay. I do remember, <laughs> I remember saying an article published about that there, but no, I was, uh, I was attempting to pick up marijuana from two, truck drivers who actually turned out to be undercover federal agents. So when I arrived to pick up the marijuana, they arrested me. You
0: know, It was a reverse sting?
1: Exactly. You know the law, reverse sting. That's exactly what it was.
0: Thanks for second, setting the record straight, man. Cause you know, I was doing my my research and I fact checked a few things with you but I, I, I didn't get to that one. So I appreciate that. Um, Man, your sentence was 35 years without parole, but you're speaking with me today, a free man. uh, Even though you also pulled off a legendary escape from prison, uh, 35 years without parole, how
1: did you manage to secure your freedom? I taught myself the law. I became a jailhouse lawyer, was pretty good at interpreting law, came up with the unique argument, presented it to the courts. Uh, fired my attorney because my attorney didn't believe in the argument. So I represented myself, and the judge granted my motion. I won. Man, that's amazing. Did you? What did you? Did you?
0: Did you talk to that attorney afterwards, man, to say, dude, what the fuck?
1: <laughs> no, I never spoke to him since then. Uh, he just didn't believe in it. So I fired him and never spoke to him again. But he definitely heard about the win afterwards. But it's typical. It's the thing about the law, it's all about interpretation and all attorneys don't know everything. That's why we have courts of appeals, uh, United States Supreme Court, is because the law is constantly being interpreted and differently by different peoples. One judge might interpret it one way, another will interpret it another way. One lawyer will see it one way, prosecutors see it another way. And it's about arguing your your opinion, the way that you perceive and interpret the law. And I believed in it because it greatly affected me. It didn't affect the attorney as much as it affected me. Uh, the thing about being locked inside of the cell, you're more determined to get out than anyone else is more determined to get you out. And so that gave me the edge. It allowed me to dig deep and to really study and try to come up with ways of interpreting the law that benefited me. And when I came up with this argument, the attorney assumed that I was going a little too far and that I was stretching the bounds of the law But I believed in it, so I fired him, represented myself, and I won.
0: That's remarkable, man. Uh, You know, I just recently interviewed Richard DeLisi, who served 30 years on an 89-year sentence that was also a reverse sting for cannabis. Um, There's just a lot of people in prison that don't belong there, man. Do you agree?
1: Yeah, totally. I met Richard, too. Richard, definitely. I think he's the longest-serving person for cannabis, right? I think so yeah and it's yeah.
0: so great that he's out now, man. so, so you you escaped from prison and usually and you successfully escaped from prison, man. Yeah, remarkably so, and it inspired, I think a british documentary and 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 there's more stuff coming. Usually, when you escape from prison, man, they add a lot of time on your sentence, but you managed to get out anyway. What, what can you what can you tell us about your prison escape?
1: Yeah, uh, from the moment I got arrested, I found out that I had a daughter on the way, and so I wanted to be there for my child, and the only way that I could get out was by escaping from prison, so I started trying to escape by any means necessary without hurting anyone, Uh, smuggled hacksaw blades into the jail, cut the bars out of a window in the cell, got caught uh placed in solitary confinement when i was in solitary confinement i smuggled more hacksaw blades into the jail through uh, unbeknownst guards who smuggled them inside of a snickers bar and cut a hole in my ceiling and brought out an exhaust bin it was caught again and after that the united states marshals declared me an extreme escape risk and they transferred me to this maximum security prison locked me in a cell 24 hours a day inside this cell. They had a camera to monitor me and make sure that I wouldn't try to escape again. And uh, I escaped got away. was all over the news. They started calling me Houdini (laughs) because I was pretty much escaping from every cell and prison they put me into. Uh, It got to the point to where the first few times they charged me, The the United States prosecutor charged me for the escape, but after that, they got to the point to where they just quit even charging me. They're like, that's not a deterrent. You know, (laughs) he's going to keep trying by any means. So it's a waste of government resources to keep trying to prosecute this guy for escapes when he's going to just keep doing it. Were you able to see your kid? No, I wasn't. Not during the escapes, It wasn't until uh, I was captured and years later in prison when I first was able to see her.
0: Man, wow! I mean, that's no wonder they made uh, man. No wonder they, they 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 made a movie about that because it's like like that's like something you see out of a movie that wouldn't be true, man. You know, that's that's really stupendous <laughs> now and. We, we, we got to go to break here in like, I don't know, uh, 40 seconds, but uh, you mentioned they put you in solitary consp- consignment and, uh, and so rather than just sit in there and go crazy, you wrote a book about your life, Chasing Freedom. Uh, I want to talk about that uh, but after we come to this quick break. Um, did you have any prior writing experience, though? No, never. Wow. So you're just winging it.
1: Yeah, I wing a lot of things. A lot of things I didn't have prior experience. And it's just when you want something bad, you find a way to make it happen. And I'm very good at being innovative in finding ways to make things happen when I really want it.
0: Well, I guess so, man. I guess so. Uh, Speaking of which, we got to make a break happen. So uh, stay with us, man. We've got a lot of great, uh, great story still coming, man. Don't go anywhere.
1: Time to roll out for the people that let us present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. And we're back
0: with Quante Bosco-Adams. Bosco, uh, you you wrote a book, In
1: Solitary Confinement. Uh, How did you get it published? I self-published it. Initially, I placed it on Amazon, uh, KDP. And uh, after a while, I removed it from there and just started selling hard copies from my website.
0: Did you publish it from prison or, or did you wait till you got out?
1: No, I published the book from prison. I wrote the book when I was in solitary confinement. And I wrote the book because after that third escape, the National Geographic Channel produced and aired a documentary entitled Breakout about that particular escape. And they aired it around the world in many different languages. So I started getting mail from people who were inspired and touched by my story. They wanted to know more about my life. So I wrote this book as a way to get this chip off my shoulder because I had a chip on my shoulder. Because on one hand, I had people writing me, telling me how much they believed in me and thought that I didn't belong inside of prison for possessing marijuana. But on the other hand, I had the criminal justice system, which said uh, differently, because it, I was sentenced to 35 years. So I wanted to just give the world my true story and just be vulnerable, allow people to see who see me for who I who I am. And the only way for me to do that was by writing a book and sharing my stories. So I wrote the book and. As I was writing the book, I felt free because I was being vulnerable, I was being who I am and allowing the world to see it. I felt free, so I titled the book Chasing Freedom, A-U-M, because I realized that freedom is something you find with inside. I've been chasing it the wrong way. And the only way to find freedom is to dig deep down inside of yourself and find out who you are, your meaning and purpose to start fulfilling it and to be who you are, no matter where you are. And even in a prison cell, and that's where I found freedom. So chasing freedom, D U M. I'd been chasing it the wrong way my entire life when all I had to do was really just dig deep down inside and and be who I was meant to be. So I self-published a book on Amazon and, uh, Wow. A production company reached out optioned it for a movie. So you're making a movie right now, right? we are working on it? Well, the, the movie's actually done. Okay. The movie's done. It's been filmed. It's, uh, we're actually at the phase of screening it, showing it to different distribution platforms. Uh, it should be out in theaters uh, and streaming sometime late summer, early fall.
0: Cool. Well, you know, uh, like you, the majority of of men, mostly, but also women in prison for drug offenses, including cannabis, are people of color, you know, and a lot of them from marginalized communities as well. Um, And you are the vice president and executive director for the ICANN Youth Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit organization, with a mission to serve people just like that, at-risk youth, through mentorship and sports uh, so they, you can prevent them from going down that same road. What, what kind of work does your organization do?
1: Yeah, we do uh, mentorship and just giving kids the fundamentals that are necessary for them to find out who they are. And a lot of times that comes with exposing them to different environments, other than the restricted confined environments that most young black men see growing up in inner cities. Uh, we allow them to, to explore and go different places, we take them different places, allow them to see different things, different types of people, different types of careers, different types of lifestyles. And this allows their minds to broaden in a way to where they can kind of find out exactly where they belong in life and, uh, and give them the discipline and structure that is needed to stay the course. Uh, the thing about a lot of these inner cities is that we don't have the resources that other communities have. And when we don't have those resources, we become not only a target to law enforcement, but we also become a neglect to legislators because. We're at the bottom of the list when it comes to social concerns. And unfortunately, a lot of that is never going to change. No matter how much we want it to change, that's just that's that's social order. There's always going to be a higher class and a lower class. And what one thing that I try to teach fellas is that. We have to learn how to play that class and that system to our advantage. These are the cards that are dealt. Let's learn how to play them to our advantage because, of course, we want to change it and we want to be dealt the better hands. But in the event that we're stuck with the cards that we have, let's learn how to play them because we can still win.
0: You know, I, I interviewed a, a woman a while back here in Washington State named Tara Simmons, and she, uh, she went to prison uh for drug drug possession um and she got out and she wanted to run for office but there was a law here that said that if you uh were a drug felon you couldn't run for office and she sued the state of washington uh and won and now she's an elected representative she's a state representative and she's awesome you know she's kicking ass you ever think of doing something like that ma'am? you think of running for office or something
1: no nah, i'm not in politics <laughs> politics is not my thing. <laughs> it's I mean—because it takes a lot. It takes a lot. It takes a lot of time, energy, and uh it's this time and energy that I could be putting somewhere else. I don't think politics is for me. It's for some people, but it's not for me.
0: I get it, man. Uh, I so, totally get it. Well you're doing important work, man. Anyway.
1: If, if I do run to get involved in politics, it's just just to prove that I can do it. And that's it, you know. <laughs> Just I, accept the challenge, but not so much because it's something that I would like to do.
0: Well, From what I've seen, man, it looks like there's the very little that you can't do once you put your head to it, man. Uh, you know, Bosco, like you, if I if I, what I read is correct, I'm an eighth grade dropout also, and I spent 27 mm-hmm. years as the president of a nonprofit corporate organization that produced the largest annual cannabis event in the world, the Seattle Hemp Fest. We were bringing 100,000 people uh, a year to our event until the pandemic happened. H- how did you overcome your lack of education to turn your life around and accomplish so much? Uh, and it seemed like you're just getting started, man. I mean, what, what do you have any any idea on why you've been able to do so much when there's so many other people that that
1: haven't? Yeah, I don't think education is really, the lack of education is an excuse. I think that the lack of education could be a reason for uh, people not accomplishing certain things, but I think when you want something, because it's all about if you want something, when you want something, if you really want it, find out how to get it, and that's it. And I think the education system is pretty much misleading people to think that you have to know everything. The only thing that you have to know is how to get what it is that you want. (laughs) And this is something that you can learn outside of the school, outside of of school. You can learn this anywhere. And so actually going to school and being educated was not a, well, the lack of going to school and the lack of education was not something that I perceived as as an impediment to me achieving the things that I wanted, and with that type of mindset, I never felt that I was inferior when it came to intellect.
0: Yeah, I like to say that I I graduated from the University of Universe City, you know, uh, <laughs> because I I the same thing, man. I learned I learned most of my stuff literally on the street, you know, and just paying attention and just watching and listening and reading, you know.
1: Yeah, life is the best educator experience. Life and experience is the best educator. Totally, totally. Um, But so I think this, I think the purpose of the school system is really just to surround you with all this variety of types of uh, traits and skills and uh, just a broad range of education For you to figure out which part actually works best for you. Right. And build
0: social skills, right? Getting to to talk. Yeah, for
1: sure. 100%. Social skills is the most important thing about going to school. I agree.
0: Yep. yep. Yeah. Interesting, man. Uh, God, I just have to say, man, I'm just like so happy to be able to talk to you, man. I'm just so kind of blown away by your your perspective and your insight and certainly the things that you've been able to pull off. I mean, the cool thing is, is, is that your story's getting out there and other, other young people could say, wow, this is possible. You know, I, I could do the same thing. I've been, you know, I'm from the same background or, or have had the same challenges. And uh, it's really a story about inspiration, right. And that, 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 yeah. you know, that other people see that anything is possible if you're really committed to it
1: that's it. That that is exactly what my story is. That's what my purpose is. Because if I'm able to overcome all of the obstacles that were placed before me, and find peace, success, and purpose in life, then I believe anybody can, because my life is not the best.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, we gotta go to another break. We're gonna come back with our final segment, so don't go anywhere.
1: Time to roll out for the people that let us present. Hang loose. We're coming right back.
0: And we are back with Quante Bosco, Adams, uh, author and uh, inspiring uh, person here. Um, Bosco, how can people support your important work? How can they? How can they support what you're doing?
1: Mostly, I would ask people to just. Support the foundation, particularly the ICANN Youth Foundation, get behind that. A lot of times, you know, we need donations, we need funding. A lot of times, well, majority of the time, these kids, we take them across the country to compete in basketball tournaments. So just with travel expenses and things like that, uh, we're always open for support there. And, you know, people can contact me on LinkedIn or Instagram or at my website, which is QuanteBoscoAdams.com that's Q-U-A-W-N is in that, dot or, you know, look up Quante Adams on Instagram or LinkedIn and reach out to me and, you know, figure out a way that we can support each other because it's all about making a difference and creating an opportunity for people so that they don't have to go through the system like I did
0: Um, does your organization you're you're a 501c3 so I guess you can take uh, tax deductible contributions
1: of course yeah it's five of so everything is uh, tax deductible
0: wow that's awesome if there was somebody listening to this who uh, has been incarcerated or maybe even is incarcerated um, or has has come from a, a really challenging life uh, and background, what would your advice be to them man? what, what should they what should they
1: prioritize in, in their headspace? They said the attitude, everything starts with attitude and your perception you start looking at things everything, there's something good and bad about everything. Everything that you experience, everything that happens to you, start looking at the good in it. Try to find something good in every single thing that happens in your life. And once you develop that positive mentality, that positive attitude, you start attracting positive things. And I, just like amazingly, everything changes. The world becomes brighter. Your energy is up. Once your energy is up, your brain works in a different way. You're able to see different things. You, you're able to see things better. You're able, and with that energy, you're able to just work hard at accomplishing things that you want. So instead of griping or complaining about your circumstances, find something good in them. Because it might be meant for you to go through whatever it is that you're going through, in order for you to get where you're supposed to be.
0: Right on, man. Very impressive. Uh, do, do you mind me asking how old your your child is now? He's 18. Oh wow. So he's he's been able to see his his father. See, you know, yeah, do all this stuff. Oh, oh, she. I'm sorry. Yeah. She, she's been able to watch all this and that's, that's pretty cool, man. I have to say. Um,
1: yeah. Our,
0: our time is winding down, man. We've got about a minute. Uh, what are your, any final thoughts that you'd like
1: to leave our listeners with? Yeah, just, you know, follow me, get in touch with me, see how we can work together. I'm open to work with lots of people. I want to get my story out there. I want to help people. You guys can follow me on Instagram at Quante Bosco. LinkedIn at Quante Adams. Uh, keep updated with the movie that's being released. Uh, Morgan Freeman just did a great escape episode about me that's coming out on the History Channel. You can find out more about that, uh, different things that I'm working on. Perhaps you can be a part of it. Uh, reach out.
0: Quante Bosco Adams, thank you for being on the show, man, and, and best of luck with all your endeavors. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Man. You bet. That concludes this installment of Hempresent on Cannabis Radio. When it comes to prohibition, you've got the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice. Find your voice. Speak up, speak up for justice. The present intro music is Seven Mile Beach by Joanne Rand. And the outro music is Take Back the Plant by Stickerbush. See you next time. Stay strong. Marijuana!